Welcome to the Human Beat. I'm Roger Rocca. The Clatsop County Animal Shelter is completely full, both dogs and cats. On top of that, there's a waiting list of other dogs and cats. To free up some space, the animal shelter is hoping that some members of the community will step forward to adopt an animal. They also could use more volunteers to help out at the shelter or to foster a dog or cat. To find out more, we checked in with Animal Shelter Supervisor Justin Dersham. We're talking with Justin Dersham, the supervisor at the Clansop County Animal Shelter. Justin, when I went out to the animal shelter during the pandemic, I was surprised to find out there were only four dogs in the whole shelter. And all of those dogs had already been spoken for. That's not the case now, is it? Oh, certainly not. No, <laughs> we are absolutely full. We're looking at kind of a perfect storm here where all the animals that were kind of pent up on the pandemic are, are coming into our shelter at once. We need to reduce our, our population numbers. So you not only have the shelter full, but, but you also have a waiting list and people fostering and so on? Yeah, uh, we do. We've got a lot of animals that are in foster that helps ease up our capacity in the actual kennels in the shelter because obviously I only have so many and when they're full that creates a problem and we've reached the capacity of both of those places and that means that we have to say no when people um, have pets that they need to surrender and bring in. So that generates a wait list and we've currently got uh, nearly 30 animals on the wait list. So right now you are engaged in uh kind of a PR campaign to try to ease that load. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so um, I'm fortunate enough to have uh, our, our county officials here helping me out with a bit of a PR campaign. We're calling it the perfect storm. We've got a barco meter up. It's kind of one of those thermometer things that'll show what we're doing and how much progress we're making. But the goal is we want to adopt 10 to 15 animals out during this campaign. How did we get from there to here? What do you think are the, the, the factors that led us from the, the, the pandemic when people were adopting animals a lot and there were only four to now where we're, we're over full again? What, what are the factors that took us from one to the other? Well, number one, people aren't home as much as they were during the pandemic. I mean, we weren't able to leave, right? So um, now that people aren't home, they don't have as much time for pets. That's created some of it. Um, a lack of available housing has created a part of the problem here. A lot of landlords, as folks are changing housing, changing jobs, moving to new locations, aren't allowing pets, so that causes pets to have to be surrendered and brought in. And then, of course, the, the normal strays and homeless pets that we always picked up are, are still coming in. And you're over full with dogs and with cats as well? We are, yes. What about other animals? Do you take other animals in as well? <laughs> well, we're a government-run shelter, so sometimes we have to take what we take. So. Um, we're definitely set up only for cats and dogs in terms of the facility, so we deal primarily with those, but uh, we get creative when others come in. We've had everything from birds to ferrets to hamsters to sometimes sheep, pigs, and goats. <laughs> when an animal comes in, what is the process? What happens? How, how do you take in an animal and what do you do? Well, when the animal first comes in, it goes through a, an intake sheet and, and some various things that tell us a little bit about the animal and it's logged into the system. And then before it's made available for adoption, we get it through its veterinary checks, we make sure its vaccinations are up to date, and then we do what's called a temperament test where we'll run the animal through a, a checklist and we'll see how it behaves in certain circumstances or with certain kind of behaviors. And that gives us enough information to make an informed decision when we're consulting with a potential adopter. 
And so what that means is you may know that a doctor comes in and thinks they want a certain dog they've seen in the paper or something, and that may not be the dog for them. Oh, yes. I've had conversations with adopters where they've come in, they've fallen in love with a, an animal based on his picture they've seen online. They say, I want to see that dog. And, you know, I asked just a couple basic questions about their lifestyle and their family members and their personalities, and I'm able to pretty quickly say, this is not your dog. Um, but the flip side of that is I can usually make another recommendation that both they and the dog are going to be much happier with. Well, right now, we really need people to adopt because the shelter is, is so overfull. So if someone's been thinking about it, this probably is a good time. This is a good time it's to come see us. A win-win. But let's suppose I want to adopt an animal. What, what do I do? Well, come in and meet the animal. Um, if it's going to be with cats, we would like to see the, the cat meet every member of the family. With dogs, we require it. They need to meet every member of the family that's living in the household and any other dogs that are living in the household because those relationships are really very specific to each animal to each animal, and sometimes it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So what is, what is my process and how do I find out, you know, how do I find out what to do? Come see us. Just come Give see us. Give us a call. Put in an application as early as you can. We'll go through the approval process there. We'll facilitate the meet and greet. And then uh, when everything is done there, we'll go through a home inspection. And then you take your furry friend home as soon as we're sure that the vaccinations and the altering are all done and up to date. Now, you have a lot of information about the animal shelter on the website as well, don't you? Yes, we do. And that website is? ClatsopCounty.gov, and then you can click on the link that goes straight to the animal control page. You know, we've talked about adopting. I didn't ask you about cost. What does it cost to adopt a dog or a cat here? So for cats, it's $75, and for dogs, it's $110. Um, now, there's some exceptions to that depending on ages and needs and bonded pairs it gets a little uh, a little different but in general those are the prices and that's actually a heck of a deal when you consider everything that's involved um, you know the we will cover the spay and neuter cost all of the initial vaccinations are given the well checks are given I mean that's easily over four hundred dollars worth of services if you were to walk you know say a kitten you pulled out of a box at Safeway into the into the local veterinarian. Mm -hmm. So for for that price, you're actually walking away with a lot done. You also help out when people lose their dogs in a way, don't you? We do. We do. So part of what we see when we have strays come in is the first thing we're going to try to do is, is reunite it with an owner and get it home. Um, so we take pictures, we scan them for microchips, we will push out on media pages and say, hey, we have this dog, we're looking for an owner, somebody tell me who this is. And um, we're fairly successful in finding owners and getting those animals home. Uh, we're open to the public. If you happen to pick up an animal and say, I wanna know if this thing has a microchip, bring it on in, we have the scanners, that costs nothing. We have no problem just running a scanner over it and trying to see if we can find an owner that way. If it's got like a rabies tag or a license, we have the resources to run that number to a specific person. Um, we can absolutely help that way as well. And a lot of times we'll have an animal that comes in that, you know, maybe they're one of our frequent flyers and we'll just take one look at that and go, oh, I know exactly who you are. And then that, and then that critter goes home. I have a dog like that who could be one of those. <laughs> The real, he's a disappearance, is what they're yes. called. Yeah. Uh, we're familiar with those. <laughs>
Tell me about licensing. Now, obviously, it would be easier if a dog had a license to reunite that dog with its owner or her owner. It's much easier. It's actually much cheaper because licenses are required by law. Uh, and it's all about rabies. So rabies vaccinations come in two sets. One is a one-year dose and one is a three-year dose. Mm -hmm. We sell one-year licenses and we sell three-year licenses, and that's not a coincidence. Mm -hmm. In order for the license to be valid, the rabies vaccination has to be valid. Mm -hmm. So once we get a rabies vaccination and you have the dog that is there, you can come in and apply for your license and we'll issue it to you. And then you're in compliance with the law. What that means for you if your dog runs away and that rabies tag is the only tag that's on the collar, we can run, or that license tag, we can run that license number. We know exactly who the dog is. We know exactly where he belongs. And then we don't have to ding you with late fees and enforcement fees on the licensing when we redeem the dog back to you. So it ends up being significantly cheaper in that event as well. Uh, you mentioned foster homes, and that's a way that you expand your capacity. I mean, you can take dogs that you couldn't fit in here. Who are the people who are fostering? Are they volunteers? They are volunteers, and actually most of our fosters have nothing to do with dogs at the moment. Most of our fosters are on the cat side of things. This mm -hmm. is how we help satisfy a lot of the needs during kitten season for young kittens who um, require a little more frequent care than in shelter can provide. And so we'll push those kittens out. They'll get reared up to their age where they're big enough and old enough to accommodate getting altered and get their vaccinations and all those things set in place to make them available for adoption. So most of our fosters are actually on the cat side of the house and we enjoy that. We do have dog fosters and um, we also have another special category of fosters we're trying to build up for medical fosters. So these will be animals that came in with advanced medical conditions and rather than have them recover from a surgery here in the shelter, mm -hmm. we'll send them to a home environment where they can get some one-on-one -on -one care from a foster home as a uh, recovery from whatever surgery that they required. Well, this kind of leads us into volunteers, and that's one thing that's very important to the shelter, as I understand it, that in, in order for you to do what you do, you need you need volunteers. Oh, and this is where I'm going to give an absolutely shameless plug to Clatsop Animal Assistance. <laughs> um, they're a nonprofit here in the uh, that operates out of the shelter. Um, we operate so closely that sometimes it's hard to tell who does what around here, mm -hmm. um, and we prefer it that way. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have a wonderful cadre of volunteers, most of whom are through CAA and the shelter, and we really enjoy that relationship. But you know, as we can see, as we're, we're up in capacity, um, many hands makes light work, and we, uh, we're always happy to have more hands. Well, what are the kinds of things that volunteers do if someone's interested? What's, what's available? In general, we have two um, sides of the house. We have the cat side of the house, and we have the dog side of the house. Mm -hmm. Volunteers on the cat side of the house will come in in different shifts and they will make sure that cats have out of cage time, get some socialization, get to run around in the greater room and play with other cats that they might get along with or be okay with. Make sure that their food, water, litter boxes are all refreshed. They get kind of checked over every time that they get out to make sure that they're healthy and that there's not something brewing. 
On the dog side of the house, it's mostly about walking. They show up and they get everybody out. We have a commitment to get every dog in the shelter out at least twice a day. Mm. Um, but we've got scheduled time slots for three times a day. And I have to say lately, most times we have had everybody out three times a day. And it's been um, very successful. But that takes a lot of people. We, we have a full shelter. We have over 30 dogs here. And so you can imagine getting 30 dogs out for a 15 to 20 minute walk three times a day. That, that takes a few hands. I suspect you do some matching up with walkers and dogs too, because some dogs are easier to walk, some dogs are harder, some are bigger. So part of that temperament test that we had going um, that will rate how they do on a leash and how they kind of behave in their overall behavior. And when you're trained as a volunteer, as you come in here, we'll uh, tell you what what level of dog, be it A, B, C, or D, um, that you can handle. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at our dog walking board that tells you who's been out and when, you'll see each dog is, their rating is prominently displayed. So you know which dogs are within your skill set and which ones um, are maybe a bit too much for you to handle. So we've got uh, cat helpers, we have dog walkers, and then you, you already mentioned fosters. And fosters how does, it, how, does, how does somebody apply to be a foster? It's the same process as volunteering to be a, a cat volunteer or a dog volunteer. You fill out a, a volunteer application online, that comes to us, we have a conversation with you about where you want to be, and then we kind of tailor the training and where it needs to go from there. In some ways, that would seem like the hardest of the things to do because once you live with a dog for a while, the idea of giving it up is, 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 is pretty rough. Uh, we, we have a fair amount of what we call foster failures. Um, this is the kind of failure we like around here. <laughs> and that means that that dog or cat is never coming home from foster. That, that person has decided it's going to stay with them. Well, donations are important too, right? Uh, it's Absolutely. We love donations. We live on donations. Um, we're government funded, but of course it's never funded enough, right? Right. So um, financial donations are great, but we see physical donations all the time of pet stuff that either your pet is outgrown or maybe you lost a pet and brought in. And then of course, um, we're happy to take food donations. We're happy to take um, medication donations all of those things that are required for pets that come in. Some of the vets like uh, donations of like blankets and towels too. Is that important to you or is that different from what you need? Uh, no, it, it is uh, something that we need. We go through them pretty quickly. Uh, mm -hmm. We have plenty of blankets and towels at this moment, but that's not to say that we won't have a shortage in the future. So I'm certainly not going to dissuade anybody from that. Well, let's get back to the to sort of the main push right now, and that is just the level of overcrowding at the shelter you are totally full we are totally and full. you also have a waiting list and you also have some animals in foster care you really you can't take any more in until you get some out and so it's a one animal to one animal game right now right and so the way that happens is people adopt the vast majority of it is through adoptions that is the best way for one of our pets to leave the shelter so if someone uh, wants to adopt, they should either come by and, and visit with you. So when are you open and what are the hours? So we are open on Tuesdays through Saturdays from 9.30 to 4, but we take a lunch break between 12.30 and 
Um, and then if you want to get a sneak peek at what's going on, you can check out the website. Again, that's at clatsopcounty.gov. Go to the animal control page and you can follow the tabs through to animals that are available for adoption. Is there something else that you would like people to know about that I have forgotten to ask you about? Um, yeah, there's a couple things that I'd like to mention, especially as people are looking for a new dog. And that first one is that, um, yes, shelters do sometimes get purebred dogs. So don't be afraid to go looking to see what it is that we do have. That said, we absolutely love our mutts and every dog is an individual. So coming in with a preconceived idea about how a particular breed is going to look, um, I can tell you um, just in the short time that I've been doing this, um, on the animal control side of things that every dog is an individual and it really isn't uh, There are more exceptions than there are rules when it comes to breed specific information, right? Well, that leads us into something that we we talked about uh, Before and that was it seems like there are a fair number of animals at the shelter that are pit bull mixes and people have different opinions about pit bulls um, I have not met one that I didn't think was awfully sweet, but what's your take on that? What about the, the pit bulls? Oh, I have met some that are the sweetest dogs in the whole wide world. Um, years ago, when I was part of a therapy dog program, we had a pit bull that um, was one of my first real introductions to a dog that I got to know. And I, you know, that dog was one of the most amazing dogs I've ever met. Did you come into that with any preconceived ideas? That I have was... to admit I did. Yeah. I have to admit I did. And that dog definitely changed my opinion on how they can be. Um, they can be some of the most amazing family pets on the planet. But again, every dog is an individual. So I've also met a few that uh, definitely push the stereotype. So you really got to meet the individual dog and decide what, where that relationship is going to work. All right, Justin Dersham is the supervisor at the Clatsop County Animal Shelter, and I've met some of his volunteers, and they are all fans. So, Justin, I know you're doing a great job out there, and the animals out there are well taken care of, but, but they would rather be home. They'd be at, rather be at home. You know, we do absolutely the best we can in the shelter, but a shelter environment is not a permanent home, and it's not suitable to keep an animal for ever and ever and ever. So, yeah, we would love to see them all go home. So if you have room in your home, this is a good time to go down to the Clatsop County Animal Shelter and look around and see if your pet is there. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Roger. After our interview with Justin Dersham, we also talked with one of the Animal Shelter volunteers to learn more about what they do to help. Here's Colleen Henderson, one of the dog walkers. Tell me how you got started walking dogs at the Animal Shelter. Um, okay, well... My dog died in October, and I'm not ready to get another dog, but I was missing being around dogs. So I went out there, and um, now I'm around dogs almost every day. Well, how does that work? Do you have a, a shift that you have to work, or you go out when you have time available, or how does that a work? A lot out? of people do have a shift, but I don't because um, I do. I work odd jobs, and I never know what my schedule is going to be. So I just go out there when I can, mm -hmm. which is um, usually in the afternoons and on weekends. And anyone who volunteers, do they kind of get to set the, you know, set the boundaries of when they're going to be there, how often they can do they it? They can. And so on? Yeah, if somebody can only go once a week for one hour, they're welcome to do that. And what, what kind of expectations do they have of you? Do, do you go through a training or anything like uh, that? We go through an orientation, 
and if you want to walk the more difficult dogs, you go through a um, like a test to see if you can handle them. Mm -hmm. And if you can't handle a certain dog, which is called a D dog, they're rated A, B, C, D. If you can't do a D dog, you do everything under that. So a D dog would be one that maybe was bigger or more rambunctious, that was a little harder to hang on to. And pulls really hard. And pulls really hard. Yeah. And the A, B, the A, B, C's are just are the easy ones. easiest ones on there. And you, you do what, the C's? I do the A, B, C's. A, B, C's. Yeah. So any of those. Mm -hmm. And you go out there quite a lot, don't you? Um, last month I did 55.5 hours, <laughs> but that's my happy place, so I want to be out there. Well, they, I've noticed there are quite a few volunteers out there, and they all seem like they really are, at least when I've seen them, seem like they're really enjoying themselves, and like you sort of have almost a, almost a little family of volunteers. Right, right. They're out there because they like being around the animals, and they're around people that like being around animals. So they're around people that are like them. Is it is it hard at all? I know sometimes when I go to the shelter, it it's hard because you sort of want to help all of them or bring all of them home, and right. you can't. Yeah. And so you kind of feel good for the ones you can help, but kind of bad that you can't do it for all of them. How, how do you deal with that? Um, it feels good, if, even if I can just get one dog out. It feels good because I've made a difference to that one dog. Some of the dogs have kind of won your heart, haven't they? Yeah, there's there's been about four that I would have liked to take home, but I'm not I'm not home enough, so it's not fair to them. They can go home with somebody that can spend more time with them. Well, you lost a dog that you had had for 16 years, mm -hmm. and so it takes a while, I think, to yeah. to come to grips with that. So yeah, but working out there has helped me a lot. Um, yeah, if I could if I could take a dog home, I would. But um, really, honestly, I'm not ready to take a dog home, so this is, this is the alternative. Well, Justin said the same thing about, <clears throat> about the people who foster. Mm -hmm. He said some of them fail as fosters. Foster fail. <laughs> and they like that. <laughs> Almost everybody foster fails. Because <laughs> well, you get to take your dog home, and then it just becomes your dog. Yeah, so that's a foster failure yeah. when you keep the dog, right? So, well, maybe there are walking failures, too. We'll see as that time goes by. <laughs> yeah, I've taken a dog home, but not overnight. Just, you know, for a couple of hours to get it away from the environment and the other, bark, the other dogs that bark loud. But um, they're really a different dog when you get them away from the shelter. Yeah, that's a, as, as nice as they are to people at the shelter, mm -hmm. that's not a natural place for a dog right. to be. They, they, they like to be in a family, in a pack. And... Uh, so yeah, they all they all want to be out. <laughs> they want to be come home with you, you know, and be. And they want to be with other dogs too. Absolutely. I don't know if Justin talked about the play groups we have. So we brought an organization in that taught us how to um, get the dogs to interact. They first meet at the fence, and it looks like if it's going to be a go, then we'll open up the gate and let them in and play. And that's what they want to do. They want to be part of a pack. They want to play with each other. Mm -hmm. So then you get to find out what dogs work with what dogs, and you let them play together sometimes. Well, if somebody was sort of thinking about volunteering but just wasn't sure and was a little nervous about it, what kind of advice would you give to them? I would say go through the orientation, ask questions, and um, you set your own hours do what you can when you can if you want if you want to schedule yourself that's welcome um, because we do have times when we don't have a lot of people there 
and we have to put out a call for, hey, there's only two walkers out here, can somebody come join us? Um, but yeah, you get to, like I do, I get to set, set my own schedule. And you do, yeah, you do, I know, kind of uh, do that, where you know, oh, there's not enough people there on such and such a day, and then you go in to fill the gap, so. Yeah. So, all in all, this is obviously good for the dogs. You think this has been good for you, too? Um, I get great exercise, and I get companionship. Oh, where do you? Without, without the responsibility. Where do you walk around there? What's what's the? So we have a nice little trail, um, that's in the woods there, and then we can take them out onto the highway, and there's a little loop that that we can do. And um, I sometimes will take a dog out to Fort Clatsop because mm -hmm. it's close by, and it gets them to get away and get in a different environment for a while. Yeah, kind of like a little mini vacation for it the is, dog to yeah. be away from the shelter. Yeah. yeah. Well, I really appreciate what you're doing. I think it's Thank a great you. thing, and and uh, I hope more people either adopt, which is what the shelter really mm -hmm. needs right now, or consider volunteering out there. Or even foster, if they can foster. Yeah. Thank you, Colleen. Thank you. We've been talking with Justin Dersham, the supervisor at the Clatsop County Animal Shelter, and also with Colleen Henderson, one of the shelter volunteers. For more information, you can find the shelter website at clatsopcounty.gov. And what caused you to stray over to the animal shelter? What, give us a little, a little <laughs> info about your background. Well, I've spent 15 minutes, or 15 minutes, it does feel like 15 minutes, 15 years in law enforcement with the Clatsop County Sheriff's Office doing a little bit of everything. And uh, when this position came available, uh, it was a welcome change. And my wife encouraged me to come on over here, and I agreed with her. Well, if you want to find out more information about what we're doing, you go to the website, clotsofcounty.gov. You click on the links to go to the animal shelter. First thing you're going to notice is you're going to see our, our new uh, public information launch, the, the perfect storm. We're going to have a barco meter up there. We're trying to move about 10 or 15 dogs during this campaign to try to ease up the population um, here in the, in the shelter. And then while you're there, you can follow the links through and see about clicking to be a volunteer. You can check out, you know, what dogs we have available, what cats we have available, and uh, see if you might want to come in and take one of those home as part of your family. So ClatsomCounty.gov is where you start? ClatsomCounty.gov, that's where you start. How much is that dog in the window? How much is that dog in the window? I do hope that doggie's for sale. I must take a trip to California and leave my poor sweetheart alone. If he has a dog, he won't be lonesome. And the doggy will have a good home. How much is that dog in the window? The one with the waggly tail. How much is that dog in the window? I do hope that doggy is for sale. I read in the papers, there are robbers 
This has been The Human Beat. I'm Roger Rocco. Thanks for listening and maybe adopting. <laughs>